What's up, Alex? Let me get you pulled up here. Slowly getting everyone up here to speak. Hey guys, doing a quick mic check. Yep, I can hear you loud and clear. All right. Tao, I think I just heard you as well, but it could have been Millie. Who knows? Yeah, I think that was me. Good morning, all. Good morning. GM. GM. We'll give people a couple minutes to, to drip on in here. Um, and then we'll kick off. So probably start in like two minutes or so. Thank you, everyone, for coming. I appreciate it. If you guys want to test your mics, go for it, Alex. I don't know if you uh, I don't know if you've done it. Testing, testing. Yep, can hear you loud and clear, man. How you guys doing on the Velodrome side? Not started yet, but at least we can uh, at least we can chat while everyone's listening. No housing, Matt. <laughs> no uh, intro music. Yeah, we no. gotta work on that. No, 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 no intro music. And they're gonna like that. There's no intro music. The cold silence. Yeah. If you want, I can unmute myself while I eat my lunch, too. You can hear me chew. <laughs> Lovely. Oh, that'll be an intro. Yeah, so is the leaves changing where everybody's living right now? The fall time? Yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful here right now. Yeah, same here. It's, leaves are starting to turn. It's pretty nice. It's great to finally bring uh, the Velodrome team on uh, for a call. It's been a while in, uh, in the coming. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. I've well, listened in on a few of these uh, over the last few months, so it's fun to be on, on the guest side, I guess. Definitely. Honestly, uh, we were kind of boycotting you guys until you bring Dark Mode on. <laughs> but since we noticed you're probably never going to bring it, we just said, you know, we might as well bring you guys, uh, bring you guys on for the first place. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. That, that seems fair. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, Wait, call him out, Millie. I'm sure you, there's good reasons why there's no dark mode right now. You, apparently, you think he's kidding too, but he he used his uh, you know his OG veto power to to stop it. <laughs> so, uh, no, no. But here, let's uh, let let's kick off. So, thank you everyone for coming. Um, this is another Spartan Space on Twitter Spaces with with the Synthetics Ambassadors. Um, today, we're here with uh, the folks from Velodrome, Alex and Tao from Velodrome. Um, if you guys could just give a, uh, a brief intro of yourselves, um, how you got into DeFi, kind of kind of like to do that. It kind of connects you folks with uh, with some of the people that are listening. And then we'll kind of talk about like what Velodrome is, how it supports optimism, so on and so forth. So Alex, Tao, whoever wants to go first, go for it, man. Excellent. Yeah, I'm happy uh, to kick things off. Um so my name is Alex. I'm one of the founders uh, of uh, Velodrome. Um, I work on a few different sides of things, uh, biz dev, marketing, um, operations. How I originally got into DeFi, uh, <clears throat> probably a, a relatively familiar story, but uh, I basically uh, had friends that for years, you know, were telling me I should get into the crypto space. They were telling me about all the fun they were having. They were telling me about all the money they were making. And, you know, I, for the longest time, sort of believed all that stuff was too good to be true, but never really fully got my, my head into it. Uh, during the pandemic, though, I, I built a, a gaming PC and 
I was like, well, shit, might as well try this mining thing. So I turned that on and started mining some, <laughs> some Bitcoins. And then uh, I was like, wow, I can use these Bitcoins to do things. And so I traded them for some other coins and started to LP. And I was like, holy shit, now I'm making even more money off of this money that I made out of uh, thin air and uh, started finding things to stake and getting into more projects. And, you know, before I knew it, I was like, gosh, I want all my money to be able to operate in this way. I want to take advantage of all of these opportunities to, to generate yields. Um, now, traditional finance bugs the shit out of me. You know, why does it take so long to move money from point A to point B? And why are there so many forms involved and, and all this sort of stuff? So I just slowly slid down the rabbit hole. And before I knew it, you know, I had moved everything into crypto, was having a blast and uh, just started to get involved in different projects that I was uh, paying attention to. Solidly was a big one and VDAO. And uh, then before I knew it, I was I was working full time in the space. So that was that was my journey. Uh, almost none of it was intentional. I have no idea how I even got here today. It's pretty wild. Yeah, I think we all have our wild stories on how we ended up in DeFi. So I, my background is in economics and finance. And I was working in asset management and a bit in the, kind of like the tech industry before jumping over. And I initially wanted to launch my own startup. I was basically tired of like the typical culture of, you know, the corporate structure, the rigidity of working in, a, in an office environment. So as I was planning and, you know, starting the, some of the operations for my startup, I started getting a bit into crypto in general. For me, Bitcoin was also sort of like the gateway coin, um, more from a philosophical standpoint. Um, and then from there, just started learning a bit more about the, the rest of the ecosystem that, that is already out here. And um, at some point, I bought a, an information token NFT, which is a DAO that was created last year uh, with a group of people that are also, you know, a lot of them very, very smart, uh, well-connected in the DeFi space or in the space. And from there, we launched VDAO, uh, which was playing on Solidly. And we formed this team on v, you know, with VDAO, trying to f basically strategize around what is the best way to, to maximize rewards on the Solidly kind of protocol. And from there, we saw the potential of a protocol like it, but with uh, you know, the, the stuff that didn't work for solidly being fixed. And that's where we ended up creating Villadrome. I uh, got support from Optimism and we as a team sort of bridged over like, mentally to build uh, Villadrome on, on Optimism. And it's been a pretty wild ride for sure. Timing hasn't been ideal in terms of macro, of course. We launched, uh, I think it was uh, June 1st or June 2nd. Um, so not, you know, not the most positive moment overall for crypto, uh, but we've been very fortunate to be Again, in, a, in an ecosystem like Optimism, working with, with people like Synthetics, even though they didn't like us at first, uh, we persevered. Now they tolerate us. So <laughs> I think we're here to, to stay for a while. Um, and yeah, we're still working on improvements um, and have a pretty long-term focus on, on what comes next. I, I wouldn't say the whole thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe a select uh, one or two. But, uh, <laughs> true, true. Wild ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean you know, and trading is the channel where most of the the real intellectual sit, right? In synthetics, so that's just yeah, I interpreted no, that as yeah, yeah, yeah not well, the more misperception. <laughs> Millie spends about ninety nine percent of his time in degen trading, so if that shows you, but you know, you know what, what, what I'm saying? Um, the funny thing is, is, most of the people in degen trading aren't even SNI holders, so that, that you got to consider that. Too. 
Some of them are, but not all of them. Most of them are. So you got to think of the grain of salt, what they say. Um, they're yeah, they're yeah, always yeah. like sort of interlopers, if anything. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. the, the, the best thing uh, kind of about the community just being able to, like, go out there and grill you is that, like, you, it, it's it's kind of like a trial by fire, you know? Like, they just come in and start making, like, wild accusations about, like, various things. And you pretty much, like, you pretty much just have to go in and defend yourself to the max. And if you come out winning and, like, getting incentives and so on and so forth, you know, then you know that you can really argue your point pretty well. So, you know, it, it definitely has its pros and cons. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, is a good point, yeah. But, yeah, yeah we grow. Just coming back a fire. second, yeah. coming back a second to um, Alex's story, uh, when you said that, I kind of had an aha moment. Um, when Solidly first launched, and before it even the token launch or any of the um, sort of like the convexes that were built on top of it, the, there, there was someone making these threads about the Solidverse. Was that you? Yeah, yeah, that was me. Um, yeah, because I mean, I would say the first like uh, first protocol, you know, that I think I really went deep on, um, or really first ecosystem was was Curve and, and Convex. Um, I thought it was endlessly fascinating. Uh, the model was so interesting. Uh, the Curve Wars narrative, you know, spun up. There was all this sort of buzz about it. But I noticed, like, even in the curve wars, there were, like, these gaps in information in particular, like, around bribes, where people weren't tracking the bribes super well. They weren't uh, sort of communicating things. I think one of my big breakthrough moments was there was this week where it looked like, you know, convex bribes had collapsed and, and people were saying curve is dead and all this shit. And I'm like, well, if you throw ETH on as a control for bribes, they were actually, like, up a week over week. So... <laughs> I basically got really into that world um, and sort of found like a, a niche. And basically, as I like learned more about these protocols, try to basically learn out loud, right? Try to share back what I was learning in a public forum. Uh, but then, of course, when Solidly popped and that was like the biggest narrative in, in crypto for the for a moment, maybe our last big, you know, crypto Twitter narrative before everybody got sad and depressed and, um, you know, went to touch some grass for a while. Uh, but yeah, I was writing uh, a lot of threads about it because I wanted to learn about it inside. Like the solidly model was, was new. It was complicated. I think in particular for people who didn't have an intimate understanding of sort of the, the VE model or the, the curve model. And then of course there was just so much fucking drama. Oh my God. Every day you could write a new thread about the, you know, wild twists and turns that, that happened. So I was writing those um, while I was sort of, you know, just sort of playing the solidly wars myself. And then those threads were what got me sort of pulled into BDAO um, initially. You know, some BDAO members were like, hey, this is sharp stuff. You know, maybe you guys could come help us out a little. And, you know, I helped out a little and then a little more, and a little more. And then I was on the multi-sig and then I was on the team. And yeah, the rest is history. Wow, that's actually really awesome to hear. I, you know, I just put that together as you were talking about it um, in your intro. Like, I didn't even put it, like, I didn't, it didn't come to mind um, earlier. I remember following your threads, and I remember seeing, like, a small account that was making all these threads and seemed to know the ecosystem really well, and I was just following along what you were saying, and I was trying to keep up. And you're right, it was sort of, like, one of the last big narratives before, like, everything went, you know, south, and I guess kind of that Russia war kind of had a lot to do with it. But, yeah, it, it, that was an interesting yeah. time, definitely. And I think that's really inspiring. Sorry, Matt, for, like, drifting us off topic. I know you probably have a bunch of questions to, to get through, but I, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Nothing wrong with that at all. That's actually very helpful context. 
Um, here, let's just kind of start from the beginning, right? Like, for anyone that doesn't know um, what, and you actually called it Velodrome, which I've been calling it Velodrome the whole time. I don't know if that's a, you know, so be it, I guess. Um, but anyway. I think that could just be my Midwestern accent coming out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my, and my, you know, Eastern accent coming out, you know? <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah. So, like, just for anyone on the call that doesn't really understand what, like, a Velodrome is... And, like, how it works. Like, could you try to explain it from, like, the most basic level of, like, what Velodrome um, achieves for the world of DeFi? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, I think, Town, I like to do this as a bit of a, a one-two punch. I, I try to give sort of the, the high-level picture, and then, and then Tao can, can break down uh, some of the details. But I think the easiest way to understand uh, Velodrome is uh, that it is an automated market maker, uh, a decentralized exchange um, that combines uh, some of the most successful elements from the UniV2 model, uh, from Curve, and from Convex. So uh, these were all, of course, you know, Uniswap, Curve, Convex, uh, sort of the, the big evolutions in like AMM design that happened in the last big uh, wave. And so Andre, in sort of like evaluating that landscape and wanting to build a new AMM model, sort of took certain elements from them, um, sort of the, the swap mechanisms, the ability to have both stable and volatile pairs, um, UniB2 style sort of LPs, integrated ability to do bribing um, and incentives, roll that all into a single model. And one big change um, from like the curve VE uh, model is that rather than trading fees being distributed among uh, both LPs and uh, VE curve, like voters or stakers, um, evenly, he said 100% of the fees and 100% of the bribes, they all go to VE VLO voters, but only for the pools that they are voting for. Um, so this you know, his idea was that this would align incentives um, in such a way to only reward sort of like the most active uh, liquidity uh, on a platform um, and also just sort of funnel all of the sort of uh, protocol revenue into that engine that is the sort of VE component, the, the folks who are locked and staked. So his idea is this would be sort of like a protocols protocol that uh, really efficiently incentivizes active liquidity, combines some of the best elements of the existing EMM structures, and could be the kind of uh, liquidity and trading marketplace that would be a core public good for uh, an ecosystem. And initially, uh, you know, I think we saw how it all played out in Phantom, and it didn't work for a variety of reasons, but some of which was just uh, issues uh, literally in the code. Some of it were things that we thought he didn't optimize quite well, like, uh, like emissions, uh, and things like that. But also it was in some ways rejected by an ecosystem that already was like deluged in AMMs. I mean, if you spend time in the Phantom ecosystem, it's like there's as many AMMs with high emissions as there are like protocols building on top of them. And so when we look to sort of build on the model, basically take everything that we saw was working really, really well uh, about solidly, make some of those adjustments and changes we went looking for an ecosystem that was kind of in need of that liquidity there uh, of a public bid. And that's when we got in touch initially with the foundation. And they said, this is essentially exactly what we're looking for. That the biggest complaint, basically, uh, that the foundation heard 
from many protocols was that it was tough to build deep liquidity on optimism to support protocols, you know, like synthetics and its broader ecosystem. So bring that model over here, do it right. And maybe we can, you know, see something really uh, amazing happen. And I think that's what we've uh, been able to do so far. So I think that's it at a high level. Now, now Tao, you want to hit some of the, the nitty gritty of what makes it so special? Yeah, I'll touch on some of the, I think, cooler aspects of a model like Philodrome. Um, so, so for one, as Alex mentioned, there's the the way that emissions are scheduled. You will always have Velo going to liquidity pools. So every every week, uh, lockers or VE Velo holders vote on which pools get emissions, um, and so pools will always get Velo um, distributed to their pools, and that maintains liquidity. Then, if you're a, a liquidity provider, you go in and you provide liquidity to get those emissions, and you can either accumulate those emissions and lock it or of course, sell them back into the market for people that want to acquire them and lock them as well. So there's always kind of like this fundamental value to the token where you can actually take it, lock it, and then use it to vote. And as Alex mentioned, once you vote, you get the fees of the pool, the 100% of fees that the pool is generating. And now in the early stages where still sort of trading activity, especially now, again, in sort of like the bear market that we're in, trading activities, I mean, even though it's, we've, we've had a lot of uh, volume, you know, compared to what it could be is, is still relatively small. But at the moment, you have a lot of bribes coming in from protocols that want to incentivize liquidity for their own pools. So at the moment, lockers are getting something like 200 to 300% APRs per vote on bribes every week um, compared to Curve where they're getting 30 to 40%. So it's a 10x almost difference at the moment, which is uh, fascinating to watch. I think it's natural that a lot of people are reluctant to vote to um, lock for a long period of time in this moment. Um, you know, there's a lot of fear in the air uh, at the macro level. Um, but again, these these uh, rewards are extremely attractive at the moment. We're also running some um, kind of programs for lockers. People that lock over 10,000 velo every week uh, get distributed a pool of OP rewards. And in the past few weeks, that pool has. Uh, total something like 25% to 30% or even 35% um, kind of a rebate. So you get in, in, in an airdrop of OP, you get 35% of the value of the value that you locked, which is also phenomenally attractive. Um, and I think it's a really, it's a really fun game, quote unquote, to play. Um, you know, again, every week, the bribes change a bit, different protocols come in, new protocols launch, um, either, you know, they, they're coming from mainnet or they're completely new projects. And when they launch, they come. They usually tend to come to Velodrome to bribe because it's a really fast way, again, to attract liquidity. Because all they need to do is deposit their tokens on Velodrome, and immediately they will get votes for people that want to get those tokens, and those votes will result in emissions, and then liquidity comes in pretty quickly. So within a week, they can kind of grow a pretty decent pool of liquidity, and also strategize around whether they, as a protocol, they want to continue bribing or maybe accumulating Velo through farming or buying and locking and then voting themselves so that they have control of where the emissions go. Um, so there's a, you know, this, this kind of game theory around the different mechanics and which ones a protocol would want to use or, or just a user, right? If you also want to be the person providing liquidity or locking Velo and voting or you know, whatever it is that you think will be most profitable, there's always an opportunity. And then yields tend to stay also relatively high on different pools, including stables. Because again, as they shift, as the votes shift, then the, the emissions and the APRs for those pools also change. 
And so sometimes you get stable payers that are earning 50% for a few days or even 100% for a few days. And then they'll start kind of coming down a bit to as, as they get closer to a market rate. Um, but that's an opportunity, right? You can farm mellow at a you know 50% rate using stables, uh, which is highly, highly attractive. So again, I think these different mechanisms make it overall sort of like a really, pro- a really fun protocol to interact with. And also one that allows other protocols to you know, be very capital efficient in incentivizing their own liquidity pools um, and, and basically extending the runway of incentives for their pools, right? If they, if they can use fewer tokens to incentivize liquidity, that means they can have a longer program of liquidity incentives uh, given the same budget, which is also a, a huge advantage for protocols. Just to reiterate what you said, um, so there's four types of rewards for users, right? There's emissions, fees, bribes, and rebases. And then if you vote, you got to vote each week. Is that correct? Yeah. You can vote each week or just vote and leave the vote, um, and it will count anyway. So your previous epoch epoch vote will count to the next one. And then you got to claim your rewards each week as well, right? Yeah. They also accumulate. I mean, it's up to you to claim every week, but they keep accumulating. Yeah, but that's bribes, so- bribes you need to claim. Um, fee, fees accumulate, rebates accumulate. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I accidentally just muted everyone in, in, in one go by accident. My bad. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> so overall, what would you say how, uh, are these the results of like these this emission programs of like this experiment, this fun game that you're talking about? Like, what do you, would you say are the overall results up until now? Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because uh, we didn't really uh, know what to expect uh, coming in, right? This was kind of the the first version of the, uh, I guess you'd say, sort of solidly model um, that we thought actually addressed the underlying issues uh, associated with with you know what the V one model that that was launched. All of the forks that we had seen up until then. Um, many of whom we actually engaged with uh, prior to lead up because many people sort of approached us for for feedback or potential partnerships on those um, on those new forks or models. They basically reran the the exact same program, right? Which is giant emissions boom, TVL goes way up on these these platforms and then you know drops like a rock, and you literally see it <laughs> just uh, continue uh, all the way down. Um, and so we certainly had you know that big launch moment where our TDL um, shot way up and, uh, you know, there was a lot of activity on the platform. Then we saw, you know, similar to other uh, forks, right, that, that drop off. But the surprising thing has been, um, at least if you expected us to sort of follow the same uh, trajectory, that it actually then leveled out, uh, the market equalized a bit, and we started uh, ticking back up in terms of uh, TDL and and token value and and our uh, uh, overall uh, volume, you know, running through the the platform. And it's actually been really impressive, I think, how we've performed relative to some of the the best AMMs in the world, like uh, like UniV3, which of course has a massive presence on Optimism and Curve, which would be the other big AMM. Um, and uh, certainly we've got uh, Beethoven as well, but I think they're still sort of just sanding things up in some ways. And if you look, it depends on the metric that you look at, but, uh, you know, we've been uh, uh, neck and neck at different times uh, with, with Uniswap on, on volume and then TBL. Um, 
we've run well ahead of curve now for for a while um, on the platform. But I think like the biggest like measures of success for us is that like we were very much like brought here to solve a problem uh, for the ecosystem. And uh, we think we are we are helping to solve that problem. And we look at the possibility. So basically, you know, what it costs uh, in order to incentivize certain levels of liquidity. And we we see in partners who have shifted from, say, direct incentives on a uni V3 to incentives on Velodrome, uh, that we've cut their liquidity costs by a third thirds, right? While also boosting uh, liquidity. That the value um, produced by trading fees, other than you know just being distributed back to uh, LPs, um, is now going back to those ecosystem partners. So synthetics uh, every week uh, with the VE NFT that they were initially granted, they're voting for their uh, ecosystem pairs. Um, they're now bribing those pairs as well. And they are earning the trading fees back and they are earning um, a, a portion of their bribes back, sort of creating this opportunity for, you know, re revenue positive liquidity incentivization. And I think we're really proud that on like some of the most core ecosystem pairs like SUSD um, and SE, that we continue to capture the vast majority of the, the volume for the ecosystem even as like those pools on Velodrome are incentivized as, at a much lower level than what they're being incentivized on Curve. And that says to us that we're, we're doing the job that uh, Optimism brought us here to do. And, you know, we hope that we can continue to be a platform that protocols like Synthetics and like, many of the other big players in the ecosystem uh, build on so they can uh, ensure that they are deeply liquid at, at minimal cost, uh, Moving forward. Awesome. And when you say it's more efficient, like do you have like a ballpark number of how much that would be more efficient than Curve it is currently? Uh, let's just say for like the stable pairs. Yeah, uh, I haven't looked at the the numbers lately, but I think at least a few weeks ago um, we were looking at some numbers and. Uh, Despite, uh, I think it was like four times the incentives were being directed uh, towards Curve um, versus uh, Velodrome. And the, like, I think the dollar value was like per incentive spent, it was like, was it 1.5 or 2.5 times higher? And uh, even though TVL was higher on Curve, we were still winning um, uh, a majority of the, the volume. I don't know, Tao, do you have any of those numbers top of mind? I don't recall. I, I don't recall the exact numbers either, but the reason this works out is because when you bribe us a protocol, you will get votes that oftentimes will be much higher in value than the value of the bribe. Uh, well, the, emission, the resulting emissions from those votes will be much higher in value than the bribe itself. So if a stable pool has the same APR, call it 10%, but it's getting you know twice as much value in emissions because you bribe rather than uh, incentivize liquidity directly, through like pool two rewards, then naturally you get twice as high TVL um, per, per dollar invested. So that's what we were seeing and, and still see uh, for most of the pools. And, um, and yes, as Alex mentioned, we also have seen that the volume per TVL has been pretty high for, for Velodrome, um, especially for some of the key pairs that we have. And, and that's, of course, we also have UniB3 that as Alex mentioned is also, you know, it's very efficient uh, for certain pairs, um, you know, if USDC, for example, they, they are top at, the, at what they do, 
but what Velodrome can offer is really efficient stable swaps and a lot of TVL per incentive for new pools or new projects or, or projects that can bribe. Uh, ETH doesn't have a briber at the moment. Um, so it's natural that Univ3 sort of dominates that because it's liquidity providers that are playing the LP game there. But I think if a protocol wants to incentivize liquidity, Velodrome probably makes uh, more sense. Yeah, I did. I did go back. I found our found our chat. So this is as this is September fourteenth. So this is a while back. But at that point, the the TVL per per one OP incentive on Velodrome was seventy three percent higher uh, on Velodrome than it was on Curve, and the TVL per one OP incentive on SE was one hundred and eighty seven percent higher um, on Velodrome uh, over Curve, and then. Yeah, it looked like at that time too, despite the fact that TVL was higher on Curve, we were getting two thirds of the SE volume, um, uh, even though, again, you were paying for about four times as much in, in Curve incentives. And the SUSD was also higher, although I can't find that. I'm trying to read it at the same time. Um, so it was, it, was, it was pretty cool stuff. And, and I mean, just to be clear, you know, like I think we believe that a robust ecosystem uh, in optimism is something that will always represent, you know, multiple AMMs that all have uh, sort of specific value propositions, specific things that they are most effective on. And uh, Uni V3 is obviously kind of the king of a concentrated liquidity and will always have a very important role to play uh, in, a in a successful ecosystem like optimism. Curve Gs also have a ton of stuff that make them very much um, uh, an essential part of a, of a DeFi ecosystem. But we think we, we sort of fit nicely in that overall mix and, you know, make it possible for protocols to, to stretch every dollar uh, even further. So I got a question. Um, when you guys first started, uh, you guys, I think, airdropped uh, to the major DeFi protocols a lot of VLO. And do you guys have any type of post analysis to see if the protocols you guys airdropped to are still contributing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've, we've actually uh, uh, just been looking at this uh, stuff recently where we built kind of a, a VEV low leaderboard, right. To sort of understand um, what each of the protocols who got a VENFT had, have been up to. Um, some have definitely been accumulating and growing their share. Some have been sort of just using their existing position and, and building up those rebases and continuing to use those to support Um but one of the coolest things that I think uh, we've seen is that we gave out the VE NFTs, not just to the protocols that we saw as sort of ecosystem leaders like uh, Synthetics, uh, like Lyra, um, like Thales, uh, but also to protocols that by virtue of our conversations with the Optimism Foundation, we thought, you know, represented good potential like additions to the ecosystem. Basically, can we attract uh, some of these new players uh, by giving them, you know, basically a, a foundational position on a liquidity layer on a layer two. And while it's taken time, I think you guys probably know better than anybody that DAOs move slowly. Um, uh, we have begun to see uh, some protocols like uh, two most recent examples, Alchemix and Inverse, uh, who are both given initial V NFT positions, start moving towards full deployment. Um, on optimism, and we've also seen them start moving aggressively uh, to accumulate more VLO to support uh, 
their, their products uh, upon launch. So some that move faster than others, I think Hop is another one uh, it, that's finally going to be good to go next week. Um, uh, but it's been cool that, you know, essentially we we gave them a bit of a hook. And I think that hook plus optimism incentives have, have helped bring more, more projects in and builders over. Um, so pretty cool to see. I just linked the leaderboard, by the way, and we have, we see synthetics. I think their US are in the sixth spot, seventh spot. So it would be great to see you rising up the ranks to the top three. We'll uh, get on our treasury folks on that. <laughs> well, actually, I should have to do the Alpha League then, uh, now, that you, now that you mentioned it, for the community. We're sort of the ambassadors are, are working on a strategy in cooperation with Beefy Finance to create a vault for um, ETH deposits, which essentially just takes ETH, um, puts it in a uh, synthetics loan contract, borrows SE um, at like a 125% C ratio. But even though there's like very little uh, liquidation risk, like uh, basically non-existent, and then they take that SE and deposit it into either Velo or Curb. Uh, whichever one's yielding more. And if you're saying Velo is uh, yielding more, there's a good chance it goes there. So yeah, that's a little uh, leak to the community. It's not, uh, it's still in the early stages. It's not ready to launch yet, but it will eventually come to life. That's sort of one of our strategies on um, scaling since and since supplies on, on the on the market, because that is sort of like a little bit of a blocker for us to go too nuts with incentives, just because um, essentially when you incentivize these pairs, we'd be, creating a lot of demand for these synths and um, there's already a tight supply. So, you know, creating an extra demand, which sort of puts pressure on the, um, on the price of these synths and makes them trade at a premium. So to avoid that, we want to uh, create a nice, you know, steady supply. And then we think this vault could uh, do that. So that's a little bit of alpha leak and that'll probably um, sort of tie into to Velo and, and all that, but uh, it's still, it's still early, but uh, I just thought maybe it's worth the mention for the community. That's excellent. Very cool. I see the pair is earning 11.15 APR, 11.15% APR. So it'd be nice to see you guys farming that and locking it back in to vote a bit more. Definitely. And none of this is financial advice for anyone, but uh, yeah, for sure. But that is uh, definitely, I think, better than even uh, but as, uh, staked ETH right now. So that is a pretty decent, um, decent reward. Sorry, Mojo. I know you had um, a couple more questions. Kind of jumped in there. Just a just a quick one. I'll I'll jump in over Mojo and Millie just for fun. Um, quick question for you guys. Um, this is from a little bit ago. I know you guys were talking about you know the voters of uh, Avello to you know vote weekly, um, you know for for particular pools and so on and so forth. Um, is there like anything in the works to try to like automate that process? Kind of like how Vodium kind of built on top of like you know, convex and curve to like direct people to where their vote can get the most rewards for themselves. Um, is that in the works at all? Or is there anything you could talk about there? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I, I will say that, you know, since so much of my initial in, uh, introduction to, to D was, was in the sort of curve and convex ecosystem, I think Bodium um, and the Lama Air Force folks, uh, uh, have built one of the one of the best products in in DeFi over there because they make it dead simple for for retail users who want the sort of benefits of that ecosystem but maybe don't want to do 
uh, all of the, the manual vote optimizing that, that used to be uh, required to do that. So, you know, if, if you're not familiar, you know, basically the idea is that every week, um, because of differences in the amount of fees generated by a given pool on Velodrome, because of the differences in the bribe amounts, and then the total weight of votes, right? The sort of APRs fluctuate. And as Tao mentioned, uh, they fluctuate generally, uh, at least for the like last uh, month and a half or so, around a 200 to 300% uh, APR. Now, there are probably people who love the idea of, I want to get in there and play that game each week. You know, I want to watch those APRs. I want to watch the votes move. I want to like find a way that the very last minute optimize my votes in such a way that I get a maximum return. And, you know, I don't really care if I'm, if I'm voting for uh, synthetics uh, or voting for Optimism Prime, you know, which was our first big like meme coin <laughs> that launched uh, on the protocol. I just want, you know, sort of the maximum return, uh, maximum amount uh, possible on, on my voting power. And I think that's a completely fair way to, to play things. And, you know, it helps uh, because ideally, the system should self-optimize in that way to ensure that the pools with the highest rewards are getting the most votes and thus getting the most uh, emissions. So knowing that uh, from the very beginning, we wanted to build in uh, some sort of uh, way for you to be able to uh, have a vote optimizer, uh, even have that vote optimizer then serve as an auto compounder, which is something that the Vodium folks added in the form of, of union. So basically, you could set it and forget it. You know, you're a big believer in the optimism ecosystem. You're going to make a bet on it. You know, you're going to lock away some below, but you just want to set it and forget it. Let that thing vote for the highest producing pools. Let it compound those rewards and then uh, earn, earn on those rewards. So uh, we are building something like this. Uh, we call it uh, Velodrome Relay. And what we think is cool about it is that if you know the curve ecosystem, you know that every additional layer takes its cut, right? So convex has, I think, something around like 17% it takes uh, out, out of the, the sort of rewards. Um, they add their own inflationary token on top of it, of course, but uh, they take a cut. And then uh, Union takes a cut, uh, takes a cut. And they're all very reasonable. And I'm, a, I'm still a user of Flux. I love it. Uh, but uh, we want to build this whole thing into Velodrome, but without, you know, all of these sort of cuts on the, the return. We want to keep all that value accrual within the existing system. So our hope is eventually that you would have the ability to maintain custody of your VDNFT. You don't have to drop it into Convex and, and get a sort of like derivative token back and worry about issues with Peg and all of that. You can just take your VDNFT, you can delegate that VENFT power um, to Relay. Relay will then do that work for you to each week look at the best uh, or highest return uh, pools, vote, distribute your vote accordingly, take those rewards that you get in the sort of bribed tokens. So maybe you get some, you know, USDC and you get some OP and you get some SNS, could take all of those tokens, recompound it right back into your VEB position or into another sort of token, and then let the wheel sort of keep turning. And that rather than, you know, it costing you something to use that service, because that service actually just benefits the overall flywheel, you know, you're getting all that value back, you're not giving up anything in order to sort of use use that process. So that is uh, what we're currently in the process of building. 
there are some other features associated with with relay uh, that we're building out uh, as well. But that is uh, that's the plan there. Thank you for asking. Awesome. Yes, that's definitely really helpful. You know, like it's kind of one of the issues that synthetic staking sometimes faces. You know, the like having to be like having to at least claim your rewards on a weekly basis is one of those things where people are like, yeah, like that's that's a whole extra thing to be involved in, which I mean, given that's important to the synthetic system, um, as it is also important to you guys in terms of, um, you know, like having active voters is important um, and not having people just, you oh, know. Stupid volume, but uh, got me again. <laughs> um, so I just realized you guys hit your $2 uh, volume here recently. So congrats. Thank you. Yeah, that was that was exciting. Being in such a big number, <laughs> it's crazy to see. Yeah, in just four months, so that's that's wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. It, yeah, we're we're built to. I mean, the the whole idea is, you know, we've got some of the well, not some of the we've got the lowest fees, um, you know, in any AMM uh, available, and that. Uh, or any of the major AMMs. I know there's some other folks playing lower fees, uh, but that is because the protocol is designed to be a public good. Uh, and uh, so it works if we bring all of that sort of volume over from layer one um, and it is running through an extremely low fee system so that users keep as much of their funds as possible. But then that low fee with high volume still returns enough value to the system to keep the, the flywheel spinning. Yeah, definitely. definitely. All right, I just, just got a question um, in my Discord from you guys. Uh, they're wanting to know what's the game plan after the OP uh, runs up. I wasn't sure if that was answered or not because I had to jump away there for five minutes. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Tao, you want to speak to that? Yeah, so, so number one is I think we have a very, very healthy broad economy already built up. Uh, to the degree that it's heated up uh, very fast in the past few weeks, the competition for drivers has really gone in, into overdrive in the past, again, few epochs. So that would really maintain the incentive to continue locking and, and voting on pools. Um, we, we also have plans to, of course, continue working with the different protocols, including in, in teams on Optimism, including the Optimism team, to continue finding new ways to incentivize overall behavior that could be beneficial for the ecosystem. Um, so at the moment, we do have our current initial grant that we've been using to attract partners in particular, kind of matching bribes and whatnot. Now that these protocols have seen their results, um, we're pretty confident that it will continue to play the Velodrome races in a way that is beneficial for them, while we continue, as we've discussed, kind of building up the protocol, improving the overall um, user experience for you know, from, from the retail perspective, from the protocol perspective, and of course, continue as we possibly can, bringing in more value for the players in the system. So if we can um, get perhaps another grant in the future, um, this is not something that is kind of kind of guaranteed, but, you know, uh, we're pretty confident that with the collaboration of other protocols with, again, the Optimism team, we could perhaps continue to finding ways to incentivize more of this behavior and prepare ourselves in the best possible way for when actually the market gives us a bit of a relief and we can kind of 
continue, you know, kind of go into the upward trend again on the overall uh, picture for, for DeFi in general and liquidity ideally would come back as well into the system. So, I mean, we're pretty confident that we're in a really, really good place for when, quote unquote, the good times come back. And from our point of view, we're just going to continue building, right? We're going to be focused and doing it and focusing on the things that we can control, which is improving the user experience and working with our partners and including the Optimism team. Yeah, um, we, we took a look at some numbers uh, this past week. And basically, even if you were today to, you know, uh, shut off all of our uh, additive incentives that, that we are currently funding um, uh, with, with the, the OP grant funds, you would still be returning um, voting APRs uh, in terms of fees being generated and, and bribes that, you know, are not coming in the form of of any of our matches at uh, a rate, you know, much higher than what you see on and uh, Kirkwood Comics, right? Um, Tau hit on it earlier, like the average, uh, like uh, uh, return with bribes and everything on on Volox CVX is something like thirty percent. It's even lower on on VECRV, um, and you could strip all of our extra boosting out of the system right now, and we'd still represent sort of multiples on that just on the organic activity that you are seeing in bribes um, and, and fee generation for the protocol. So that says to us, at least, you know, the, the flywheel itself is sustaining itself sufficiently that the protocol will, will continue to exist um, and, and show strength, uh, even if incentives were to go away. But I think the whole idea, right, and why we were brought here uh, initially is that you know, optimism is playing a game to win, right? Um, they want to be one of the leading, um, you know, layer two Ethereum solutions uh, for a very long time. And it, it's certainly not a zero sum game. There's going to be enough, hopefully, you know, economic uh, activity in crypto and in DeFi to support, you know, a very strong arbitrage, a very strong uh, optimism. But uh, especially in these bear times, uh, this is the time for them to invest in winning, right? And winning over other hotel ones. And so every sort of dollar amount, every dollar or so, you'll say in OP grants um, uh, that we've gotten, so roughly around 3 million or so, um, we've put out uh, somewhere between two and four times the amount of value in emissions. So if you are the optimism sort of foundation and you're looking at incentives that will continue to help lower the cost for projects on the ecosystem and projects lower the barrier of entry to projects that they want to attract to build. Um, we are probably one of the best places to continue to invest because the multiple that they get on those grant tokens uh, just basically gets passed right through to the ecosystem um, at a higher level than even if those funds were uh, sort of granted directly. Uh, so. We don't expect them to go away anytime soon. Um, uh, we'll see what happens, but there's also a component of the entire design of optimism with retroactive public good funding is there to ensure that like incentives continue even after optimism's you know, big uh, funding sources dry up. Um, but we think by the time that that happens, you know, optimism will be a leading L1 with so much L2 with so much economic activity driving it that uh, you know those sorts of additional investment, that additional stimulus is, is no longer required to, to drive uh, economic growth. Yeah, that, 
that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, uh, just even you guys explaining the fact that um, any sort of awards that you've been given thus far have, uh, you know, provided so I much think more. Matt got rubbed. Uh, can you guys can hear, you guys me? hear me? Or can Mojo not hear me? Uh, I, I can hear Matt still. I had this happen on a spaces I was on before. Um, uh, I can okay. I can hear Matt, but Mojo can't. I think. Okay, so that's on me. All right, I'll let Matt talk. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's rubbed me a couple good times as of right now, and I didn't know what the problem was. I just thought he didn't like my points. Um, but no, I, I would say, um, you know, bringing up the point about any sort of optimism rewards that have been uh, that have gone to Velodrome and then have gone out to the ecosystem from there have brought in two to three times emissions. Like those are the points that people need to know, right? Like, yes, optimism. I think your proposal was about 3 million op tokens. You know, that that's great and all, but you know, what did you do with it and how did you bring protocol words and, and help the overall ecosystem? And if your answer is something really good, like, you know, we've, we've made it so much cheaper for protocols to onboard, you know, we've returned at least two to three times that in emissions and so on and so forth. Like that's a fantastic answer that I think people in the ecosystem um you know and on optimism want to hear right like yeah. what are they getting for for those uh you know for those big initial phase zero grants or if you guys were i don't know it was a phase zero or partner program or whatever exactly it was yeah yeah it, it, it's interesting we we want to do some additional analysis because uh you know we're trying to figure out how much in op incentives have actually been distributed because uh it's possible, right? Because a lot of OP went to partner protocols and partner protocols have been at various degrees of speed actually getting those incentives out to, to users. But it's a little unclear exactly how much has actually gone out the door so far uh, collectively. But we think like total VLO emissions might actually be pretty close to what the total amount uh, of OP incentives have gone out. Uh, uh, and so if you think about our below emissions essentially as additional stimulus if we are producing stimulus for the ecosystem equal level for all of the collective op incentives i mean that represents a, a massive infusion of a sort of value uh flowing into the ecosystem and the other thing that's really interesting that we we want to look at uh is we know we've onboarded about 31 new protocols uh to the ecosystem so far some of those protocols are protocols that have certainly tried to get grants or process the grants or have been successful in getting grants, but uh, many of them also have not been. And so we're also curious, you know, have more protocols been granted uh, via OP governance than, than, you know, essentially we've helped to onboard to the ecosystem or have we actually been able to sort of bring on, you know, more given, you know, governance just sort of moves at a different pace. So we can almost be like a, a secondary, uh, uh, maybe slightly less bureaucratic uh, multiplier uh, or accelerator, right, for any project looking to onboard the ecosystem as they, you know, explore OP grants and that sort of thing. Yeah, no, that that makes a great amount of sense. Thank you, Alex, for that. Um, curious to see if there's any future op proposals. Um, I am curious, though, how much op tokens do you guys have left right now? I don't know if I, I probably just go check that separately, but why, why not just ask while we're here? Yeah, I believe we've worked through about two thirds. So I think we spent somewhere close to, to two million uh, in OP, and I think we've got uh, about a million left. Um, the biggest thing has been that bribes accelerated so quickly on the platform that our bribe matching like expense just kind of shot through the roof. Uh, so we're actually uh, dialing down the bribe matching uh, ever so slightly. 
especially since like, you know, the voting APRs are already just insane at 200 to 300%. And I think there's like two to three new protocols who are going to be bribing this next week. So we think we can like, we can bring down that side of, of the incentives a little. Um, and what we're actually going to do, uh, as we've communicated, is is increase the incentives a little bit to protocols who are uh, acquiring um, and locking below to bring down that that cost even further. Uh, but we think that's going to you know slow down what's going out the door a little bit. We we wanted to jumpstart bribes. It's been even more successful than than we thought, and so we can dial back the incentives a, a little bit there, probably. Yeah, that that makes a good amount of sense as well. Um, we can probably finish off on something along the lines of like, is, is there anything you guys want to talk about the future roadmap for Villadrome? Like, is there anything in the next, you know, three to six months that you'd want to highlight to users on this call and users in general? Oh, I've been talking too much. What do you say? Yeah, I think I'm going to kind of touch back on some of the points we made. So. A few things you, you can definitely look forward to is, again, continuing the user experience for anybody interacting with the Villadrome app, number one. Number two, continue to bring in partners on board. Um, we've, we've heard, you know, we've got a lot of interest from protocols on mainnet and on different chains wanting to come onto Optimism. So we're definitely going to try to help them out to deploy as quickly as possible, have liquidity on the ecosystem as quickly as possible. I can imagine some other protocols will try to also launch on Optimism and try to play a bit of the bribe game. Um, Alex mentioned the OPP token, Optimism Prime, which is a, uh, a meme coin that was that used the Velodrome mechanics to launch their coin. There was also a project recently called uh, Sony that launched also through Velodrome or incentivized equities through Velodrome. They were pretty successful also with their launch. So I'm pretty sure we're going to continue to see projects um, taking advantage of, of those levers that they can pull on Velodrome to quickly get liquidity and to support their token, especially in the early days where it's very crucial for a project to have decent liquidity and to have some stability in their token price to get their own flywheel going. I think we're going to see some of those projects continue to use Velodrome to do that. Um, and as, as we mentioned before, you know, keep an eye on potential upgrades. We're continuing to work on, on our own app, on our own contracts. as capital efficient as possible, as user-friendly as possible, as uh, attractive as a protocol as possible. So just keep an eye on those upgrades. Um, and again, very bullish on optimism, very bullish on the partners that we've been able to work with. Um, I think it's potentially the, the number one L2 um, that based on the also the names that are coming in the network. So I'm just excited for the next stage of the, of the crypto evolution and i think we're in a really really good spot uh, at the moment so um it, you know again very very excited to what's coming in Velodrome. um and if you have any feedback also we're always very open during our discord and let us know awesome that was fantastic Thank you for the breakdown. And, you know, definitely, guys, if you have any further questions on Velodrome, I would, you know, I would totally say check out their Discord, go chat with some of the team members. As we said at the beginning of the call, that's the, uh, that's the best thing about DeFi. You can just go in and <laughs> chat with anyone at any point, whether that be kind comments or non comments, depending on if you're in the DGen trading channel on the synthetic server. Um, that's up to interpretation. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for coming. I appreciate it. It was a great chat overall. 
um, for anyone that wants to check out any of his, um, you know, the Bubble Drone folks can, can kind of break that down. And, you know, you can, you can check out their website for any info on that side, not financial advice, obviously, obviously. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for everyone in the audience uh, for coming and for the Velodrome guys coming here and chatting with us. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. And we'll be announcing another uh, another Spartan space in the future, relatively soon. So thank you guys. Excellent. Thank you for having us. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Have a good one. Bye-bye.